what if business could be a game like a joy and actually if we lightened up and stopped taking ourselves and everything so seriously maybe we'd enjoy it a bit more and actually probably get better results because of that welcome to monday mornings with michelle the new business podcast whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours strategy systems support and state of mind now welcome to center stage michelle nedelec Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedlock, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Sarah. Sarah, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me, Michelle. Awesome. So I am so excited. Give us a 5,000 foot view of who you are and what you love to do. So my name is Sarah Sabin. I am probably, you can guess from my accent, from the UK. And I'm a transformational leadership coach working with high performing entrepreneurs. And I also help early stage coaches build a six figure business. Nice. So how did you get into that? Why leadership in particular? Well, that's a journey. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. And the rabbit hole begins. (laughs) (laughs) There is never a simple answer to this question. Um, I will try and give the nutshell version because it's been a bit of a journey of different businesses, different angles, et cetera. So um, my background is tax accountancy. Wow. Um, (laughs) I actually really loved tax law when I was um, 1920, weirdly. But yeah, that was my thing. So um, I was in the corporate world for about nine years and um, I also worked with high net worth individuals and families and basically the seeds of entrepreneurship, I guess, began due to what I now call my crisis of integrity. So about two years before I left the corporate world for good, I was like, I'm not happy anymore. I used to love it, but something's not quite right. I'm going to try interviewing for other jobs and see how I feel. I eventually came to the conclusion that changing jobs wasn't going to cut it anymore and there was something else going on. So it was around that time in my life, one of my friends uh, approached me and said, hey, would you like to co-found a startup? And um, that was how I started my first business and all bright eyed, bushy tailed with my rose colored glasses. And um, I was like, sure. How hard can it really be? (laughs) Don't ever ask yourself that question. Don't ever ask yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, So basically, we started doing that around 2014 now. Um, So I was doing it whilst I was still in the corporate world. And um, just to give some context there, it was um, a service for doctors who wanted to transition to non medical careers. So we're doing events, conferences, online resources, recruitment. Long story short, it was doing really well. So I was like, hey, I'm ready to be a full-time entrepreneur. I'm going to plan to transition out of a corporate job, which is what I did at the end of 2015. I'd like to add for anyone in a similar situation, I built up a financial runway um, because I needed that kind of security before I could take that leap. 
and also psychologically at the time I thought this is it this is what I'm going to be doing forever more okay so that story ended with over the course of the next year I realized that my vision and my co-founder's vision were completely diverging um she was driving me nuts I was probably driving her nuts we we're bickering all the time which wasn't good for team at all so I said to her look this was your baby your business idea I'm going to retain a small shareholding in it and I'm going to move on so that's what I did um, and that business is still going today she's still running that and then I thought right I now have a point to prove to the world that um, I am going to be a tech startup entrepreneur um, and I was adamant that I would not have a co-founder at the beginning that I would start it off so I could create the vision for myself um, in retrospect I see it as a vanity project so there was no real purpose or passion behind it it was completely like I have to prove people wrong and actually the tech world seems quite sexy so let's go do that um long story short there um I raised some initial capital to build a minimum viable product um started getting users onto the platform it was a recruitment tech platform specifically for the accounting world, given that's where I'd come from. So um, to the outside world, it looked like it was going really well. So I'd also built a small team around me and um, I brought on a co-founder at a later stage as well. And I can't describe this, this period of two and a half years as anything other than hell. So it was Aww. just awful. Um, and, you know, I was chronically stressed, anxious, nearly burned out twice. Um, I think my personal life was like collapsing around me as well. So it got to the point which um, many entrepreneurs dream of, where after two and a half years, my co-founder rings me up and he says, hey, I've got this investor that's going to put in a load of money. Aren't you happy? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, I'm not. Um, and the reason why I wasn't was because I was like, I can't ethically take that money and commit to this for another three to five years, because by then I was like, I feel like if I stay, um, nothing good is going to happen for me personally. So essentially, I ended up walking away from that um, and not taking the money because it would have been right to do so. And um, it, it was amazing, like how many people afterwards like emailed me and sent me LinkedIn message and voicemail being like, hey, what's going on? Everything was going so well. What are you doing? Just carry on. Um, but I knew it was the right decision for me. Um, and I never doubted it. I never regretted it. And I made a promise to myself that I would not go into any new business venture until there was that real kind of purpose and passion behind it. So I was like really excited about it. So um, I took a period of about two months and um, we're finally getting to the part of how I got to be a coach. <laughs> oh, good. This is awesome. Oh, and, and, and I, I want to know, and you can feel free to answer it now or answer it later after, depending on how you think it'll flow better. But 
at any point did you think about hey i should sell this because obviously it's going well to the in in essence somebody else could take this over and absolutely love it did it ever occur to you to sell it no and the reason why was because i didn't believe the technology behind the product was of a high enough standard for me to ethically sell it Mm-hmm. And um, again, it comes down to could I have sold it in, te- in integrity? Because actually, interestingly enough, someone that emailed me was like, hey, I'm really interested in buying the tech. I'm like, <laughs> but <laughs> no. even, if, even if they know that it's not doing what it's supposed to do, I mean, tech never does what it's supposed to do. It's like that is yeah. so normal in the tech world that you, you know, there to me, there's this, there's startup entrepreneurs that have this vision of, and it has to be awesome and epic and beautiful. And then there's the ones that go, oh, you have a disaster. Let me take your disaster and make it into something wonderful and beautiful. And then there's the ones that go, oh, you have something wonderful and beautiful that's going, let me maintain it in that boring phase of business where it's just rinse and repeat over and over and over again. And, you know, most what I consider an entrepreneur, I hate that phase because <laughs> I'm like, no, I want to see things. I want to create things. I want to. Um, it just makes me really sad that you put so much time and effort into something that even though it wasn't up to your standard, which I totally got, um, I'm just thinking somebody, even if it was at a price lower than maybe you wanted, but it would have been, you know, something rather than running it into the ground. You know what? I never, interestingly enough, because I call myself, um, someone that is astute at business, which I'll go on to in a minute, but it never actually occurred to me. I had one person ask, and I've just told him the truth. I was like, look, here's the tech. <laughs> tech. This is what's wrong with it. This is what needs to be fixed. Yeah. Um, you know, it's completely up to you. But I told him the truth. I didn't paper it over in any way or try and dress it up in a bow. Right. Because by that point, you know, you there, was so, yeah, there was so much bad energy behind it. Right. That I was like, I have to be truthful with anyone that's asking me anything. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, you know, how can I sleep at night, basically? Right. But if I had met someone or looked for someone that was like, hey, I love projects where I get to like <laughs> make something beautiful, then yes, that would have been a potential out for me. Mm. Well, you but- know, I wish I knew you then, but we don't, so... <laughs> <laughs> Moving oh, Michelle. <laughs> now that you know, if you find anybody else in that situation, we, we have resources for them. Oh, right. It's awesome. Well, it's about how many years to be late? Five years <laughs> exactly. to be late. <laughs> it's only a decade. Come on. What's, it, what's 10 years between friends? Um, anyway, so where did I go? So, so I took off two months and I said, right, when I do the next business, this is going to be the right business and it's going to have the right uh, energy behind it nice. so it was around that time in my life I came across transformational coaching and um, it was life-changing for me um, I'd never had a kind of coaching which worked on a deep level um, kind of dealt with your thoughts beliefs perceptions emotions all of that good stuff and I was like wow I'm so excited about this what if I could make this into a business so I started experimentally and I, I set myself three questions, which are number one, do I really love doing this? Number two, am I good at doing this? And number three, can I make money doing this? And within a few months, the answer to all of those questions was yes, 
So that started my journey, um, which brings me up to today. Why I niched into leadership specifically and leadership for high performing entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in general is because um, as, as you may have gathered from me talking about integrity, I think that there really is a new paradigm of leadership that needs to come into effect and is sorely needed in the world today. And there's also needs to be um, more money in the hands of ethical entrepreneurs that are going to go out and do good in the world. So I want the network effect of what I do to create that positive change. So that's how I kind of became a transformational leadership coach. But what I do is combine it as well with uh, business consulting as well, because I found over time that that was the way to get the biggest results. So, yeah, that's my story. <laughs> nice. I love it. And clearly you have the background in the business to the business acumen to be able to build the business is you know, to me, it's the tactical paramount, but to be able to have the mindset as well is, is also a necessity. So for those of you who have just joined us, um, my whole philosophy on scaling a business is you need strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. You can't have a scaling business without those four elements and they're cyclical. So you're constantly kind of building, you start with this strategy and the systems, then the sport, then the state of mind, but then you start to, you know, take it up a notch and start to implement and, and you're always kind of cycling through those things. So um, to me, it is paramount that somebody has the right state of mind, because if they don't, they get in, they fall into that exact place where you were of this sucks. I'm overworked. I don't understand. It's not going the way I want it to. And in my experience, more often than not, that is stepping out of your comfort zone and learning something new. It almost always feels shitty when you're learning something new because you're bringing all the, up all the crap. You're incompetent. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know. And it's like, well, yeah, in this realm right here, right now, I don't know what I'm doing. That's why I took it on so that I could learn something new so I could become something bigger and better. And I think without somebody's help like yours to be able to navigate those waters, it becomes really easy to just start taking an ax to the, our own boat, and just like ripping the shit out of it, going, this isn't working. Yeah. And we wonder why we're drowning. It's like, well, if you'd stop taking an ax to your own boat, you'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, that would be really helpful if you didn't cut up your own boat. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean like on I, I 100% agree about the state of mind it's so so important and you know it's also quite lonely um, in a lot of ways so you know having that external viewpoint and guidance is um, really important but what's interesting or what has been interesting to me in my journey on the topic of discomfort I think most people would find moving from corporate to entrepreneurship un uncomfortable, right? It's a bit of a leap of faith. So, so I think yeah, objectively absolutely. we can agree on that. But the interesting thing is discomfort looks different for everyone. Mm -hmm. So for me, my realm of discomfort is not working hard, listening to my intuition, embracing my feminine side, because I've always been a goal-oriented, achiever, competitive, action-oriented. 
Um, so it's something that I work on constantly. How can I make better decisions by embracing my intuition as I'm scaling up? And how can I get out of this kind of programming of I have to work hard, I have to work hard all the time? Oh, and it's challenging and it comes up a lot as you're scaling up your business which I am doing at the moment. And, you know, there's this constant struggle going on. Oh, absolutely. And I think in, in particular, those high achievers, when we take on something new that we're not familiar with, when we're not instantaneously good at it, becomes the hardest part. It's like, oh my God, I'm such a loser. I can't believe, like, I hope to God nobody discovers that I'm not good at this thing because... And one, it's not true because mm. the outsiders looking at you are going, oh my God, you're awesome at that. I don't know what you're talking about. We see that finish line of where we want to be that, um, you know, this is where I see myself. This is why I came into this thing is to be this good. And meanwhile, we feel like we're down here, but meanwhile, there's somebody else looking at us that they're still looking up <laughs> going, wow, whatever you did in that moment, you rocked it. You just aren't acknowledging the fact that you've accomplished something that to the outside world is amazing. And to you is like, well, yeah, obviously I did that because that's the first step. You have to get to the first step in order to move on. It's like, no, no, you don't. I've seen a lot of people not get to that first step. You mm. did. You're just not acknowledging that that was a win. Yes. It's, it's very difficult. And I think this is a, another trait of high performers. You know, they hardly ever stop to celebrate because they're so goal oriented um, and you know it, it was funny I was talking to uh, these two lovely ladies the other day and I was just kind of talking I was like yeah so I built a six-figure business and then I carried on talking they were like what stop <laughs> <laughs> you should celebrate that I'm like and I was already on to the next topic <laughs> right you're like well that was just phase one and of course I do that's what I do <laughs> yeah so but it, it's the same with my clients as well. They've got mm -hmm. these big goals and like they never actually stop to acknowledge the progress along the way un unless someone brings it to their attention a lot of the time. But the irony of that is when you do that consistently, it puts you in a more positive mindset and therefore you are more likely to achieve this big end goal that you have for yourself. And you're more likely to be happier along the way. Nice. Absolutely. So what are some signs of a high achiever that we may not recognize in ourselves? Things that we think, you know, I haven't accomplished these things. I haven't done these things, but you keep talking about high achievers and I think they just don't recognize themselves. So what do you see as some of the signs of a high achiever in your business? That's a really interesting question purely because it's actually can be a very triggering, well, set of two words. Really. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yes. So the people, and I'm going to separate this out, actually. So yeah. the people I work with, objectively by society standards, are high achievers. So they are usually... Um, well-educated they've already built a multi six-figure or seven-figure business multiple times um they have had 
objective success and that looks like making money having a successful business but the version of them that got them to where they are may not be the version of them that gets them to the next level so there is a lot of fear stress and anxiety that accompanies that especially because they're like well I never um I never stop to acknowledge myself because actually until I meet X goal, I'm a failure. But actually X goal, you know, once they reach it, they're already thinking about Y goal. So that's objectively, but it's, it's a lot bigger than that. Right. So if we think about success as a holistic concept, right. What is your definition of success? You know, is your definition, of success to be a billionaire that's alone and miserable okay society might say that you're um, a big success and you are definitely in one or two areas of your life but when we think about achievement I think we need to open our eyes and think about the bigger picture and I think this is one of the big realizations for me over the last few years you know what does holistic success look like but if you are a higher achiever but you don't class yourself as that then ask yourself if you are competitive if you're driven if you're action oriented um, if you always set goals and intentions and also I encourage everyone to do this, sit down and make a list of everything that you've achieved in your life. Because most people, because they don't stop and acknowledge this, when they do that exercise, they're like, oh, wait, I actually have achieved a lot. For example, it could be, well, I um, have a university education or college education. Um, I have had, um, I've climbed the career ladder it could be I have um, met a wonderful partner, I've had a beautiful family, I've travelled, I have uh, health, I have run a marathon. You know, all of these things are achievements. It's just that people actually stop before they acknowledge to themselves that they're a high achiever in a lot of circumstances. But be aware that imposter syndrome usually arises because you're getting outside your comfort zone and if you are regularly getting outside your comfort zone you are a high achiever (laughs) (laughs) Um, because so many people just stay in their comfort zone even if they're miserable in it absolutely and I think you just said something that triggered something that I'm going, you know, if I had recognized at a younger age that feeling like a high failure would have put me into that high achiever category, I would have gone, you know, call me a high failure. And I totally agree with it because I take on a bunch of shit. I don't get the goal I want to get to. And I go, oh, well, this sucked. I'm clearly not good at this. So I'll go and do something else. And ironically, achieved a ton of stuff, but didn't get to the accolade that I was hoping for. And it always kind of felt and looked like I want to run a million dollar business. And I never ran that million dollar business because it's not making a million dollars. I'll just shut the doors, walk away and go and start something else and make it a million dollars. And even if it was at 998, I had not achieved that goal. Therefore I was a failure in my own mind. So had you called me a chronic failure, I would have went, oh yeah, I qualify. 
Whereas a lot of people, to your point, that aren't going out of their way to set goals, to achieve goals, to endeavor to achieve those goals, um, is very competent at what they do. They're super competent at what they do. They are overly competent at what they do. And they've done it so long that they could do it in their sleep, but they never go beyond that and say, hey, what if I did something really insane that I've never done before and see how badly I can fail at? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that <laughs> what you said is actually really interesting because most entrepreneurs have failed at something, right? Mm -hmm. So actually, you know, the, the more seasoned ones would probably love the phrase high failure because they're like, hey, great, I failed. I <laughs> yeah, I failed so many times, but actually it's led me to what I now currently do. Like I think um, Elon Musk's personal purpose statement looks like if there's a high probability of failure, then we should do it. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's a totally different twist on, on the old theme. But I think it's really important for people to self-identify because if somebody's going through a, a series of quote-unquote failures, it's not because they are incompetent. It's because they take on new challenges and that is awesome. And I think, in my opinion, they just need to work with somebody like you so that you can reframe what's going on for them and they can see that that's actually ambition and drive in a different, um, from a different perspective. Yeah, and look, I mean, it's amazing the, and again, I'm gonna go back to the definition of objective, but I've, I've worked with people that literally feel like failures and they've had, eight-figure businesses they they're multi-millionaires yes, exactly they, they feel like failure and you know maybe they're just going through a hard time at that moment but the point is we're all going through this human experience we've all failed and the more risks you take the higher the probability of failure so if you want to achieve something extraordinary in life number one be prepared to fail and number two <laughs> Uh, be prepared to dust yourself off, get back up and get back on the horse. Well, awesome. That's the best analogy. <laughs> Even though you have you ever ridden a horse? I have. And do you know Thanks. what? I actually <laughs> fell off. I fell <laughs> off said horse and I got back on the horse. Nice. I love it. That was awesome. So give us an example of what it looks like to work with you. Somebody comes to you and they're like, Sarah, this is awesome. Now what do we do? Um shall I divide it into my two subset groups? Sure, absolutely. Okay, so um, I work with, um, <laughs> sorry if this word triggers anyone, high-performing entrepreneurs. So basically, let's define that objectively. People who already have multi-six-figure, seven-figure businesses that are ready to take it to the next level and scale up through developing their leadership qualities and potential so that effectively they can be higher performing and they can build the culture and teams that will make their vision unstoppable so basically to create a high performance culture so I do a mixture of uh, leadership coaching training consulting 
And then I work with um, early stage coaches that want to build six figure businesses simply and effectively <laughs> without throwing loads of money at like Facebook ads and without you know, doing all the things and being ever present on every social media platform all the time. So basically I um, help coaches to develop that personalized roadmap. And that also includes the inner transformational work because there's a lot of mindset blocks that people tend to come up with. But I help them build that complete roadmap to get them to those uh, 10 to 20K months. Nice, I love that. And to me, when I explain to people that want to go into coaching, it's like you can have a very simple business where you have, say, 10 clients a year at 10 grand apiece, you've got your 100 grand, and you work 10 hours a week. That is an awesome lifestyle. <laughs> that is like almost 100% pure profit that you get to spend on whatever you want, however you want, and create that the laptop lifestyle if that's what you want to do. And you know, working 10 hours a week and being able to go mountain climbing and doing whatever is pretty awesome. And once you have those, you can, you know, upscale what you do and how you do it and how you charge. And it's, it's a beautiful lifestyle to me that I think, um, I don't know if it was millennials or Gen X kind of created and turned the idea of success on its head and went success doesn't mean going to the opera and having a French poodle, although there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's <laughs> being able to, you know, go climbing a mountain and sit on top and go, Hey guys, this is fantastic. You should be up here, bring the air with me. And I love that idea and notion. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish um, I'd been programmed with the Gen X mentality of, you know, getting value out of the hours that you spend. So if you spend 10 hours a week, really impacting people and you have the income as well, what's not to love. Um, but you know, I guess the discomfort comes. I mean, I'm oh, I feel like I'm gonna tell people my age, so I'm nearly 40. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, true story. Um, so I have to kind of fight with that. Uh, oh, but it seems weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I only work X number of hours a week, and um, so it, it's been a reprogramming exercise for me. Um, but if you stop thinking, and this is another kind of uncomfortable thing for people like me, if you stop thinking in terms of time spent and think about value and impact, mm. and then look for evidence that you are creating that, then really what's not to love? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. You're preaching the choir to me. And I think there's so many people that need to have support like yours and so many people that want to have support like yours that are like possibly listening to this and going, Oh my God, I didn't know that was available to me. So I love it. And, um, I have a ton of people. I'm going to go, go listen to this episode. <laughs> You're <gonna> love it. <laughs> awesome. So, um, give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories, of one of your clients. Ooh, who should I pick? So I'm going to pick, um, one of my favorites because it's a Thank recent you. recent one in my memory um, if he's listening to that you'll know who you are um, we'll change your name to Bob <laughs> well yeah I'm going to change his name to Bob but Bob came to me um, basically he had a, or he has a six-figure business 
he had previously built up an eight-figure business, right? So mm-hmm. this was a previously successful entrepreneur that came to me that was like, I feel like a loser. I feel like um, I'm failing. I feel like my team's not stepping up and I'm sick of the burden of carrying them with me all of the time. Um, I don't know what to do. <laughs> he said. He said to me as well, like, He'd seen this Netflix series called, I think it's Billions, and there was a coach on that. And he was like, I wanted a Wendy. Um, I still haven't watched this series, but anyway. (laughs) So (laughs) we'll figure out what Bob meant later. (laughs) So so essentially his story over the course of six months, he he is now on track to take that revenue from about 300 to 2 million because we refocused his client base um, totally and reshaped that and he built a new business development team around that. He started working on his mindset as well to get him out of this kind of funk he'd been in and refined his mojo. And he went from a kind of 30% attrition rate to no one having resigned from his team in the last, hopefully... I think it's like the two or three months. So he's he's really nice now. Like my team is stepping up. They're doing their thing. They're doing really well. I'm able to put more trust in them. So yeah, he's uh, he's pretty happy and like oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So really, really proud of him, and just like it's awesome for me to see someone go from point a to point b like that oh i i love it and it is so important to me because oftentimes we can't see our own they're not really misgivings they're just like we put our energy in the wrong place and when we just do those pivots that are so obvious to a coach somebody like you to be able to come in and go hey have you thought about doing this and it's like i could do what (laughs) within within you're talking like months that is a seriously short period of time to be able to do all of those changes yeah six six months but i mean essentially the root cause of it was he changed the way he showed up for himself and for his team and it's as simple as that and yes there was some business tweaks as well Mm -hmm. but essentially business tweaks alone don't don't get you that far from a to b without changing how you show up so this is why yes i do um do business consulting but without the transformational coaching element behind it it's it's only part of the story right i love that so i think we've gone through the stumbling blocks but i know that our listeners are going to want more from you so how do they start their journey with you so you can visit my website, which is sarahsabin.com. Um, that's Sarah without an H, although I know that's more common in the US anyway. Um, and if you would like to download my free guide and you're a coach, I have a guide called Six Myths About Building a Six-Figure Business and What to Do Instead, which you can download at sarahsabin.com guide if you want that particular one. And I am very active on LinkedIn. So put out lots of content on LinkedIn. 
it's the one social media channel I decided to focus on. That <laughs> <laughs> no, would make sense. Wants. All things considered. Yeah. So um, feel free to reach out to me via any of those channels. And if you would like to book a free discovery call with me, um, then drop me a message and we can arrange that. Nice. I assume you have a link on your website and they can go through all that or contact. I have a link on my website, a link on LinkedIn. Um, and if you can't find those links, then feel free. Go to the show to notes, Pete. There's going to be links in the show notes. You know, there are, yes. they're always there. Awesome. I love it. So I was going to ask you at what point in life do you know that you're a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? I think you covered that pretty well. Yeah. Uh, any other yeah. crazy moments in there? Oh, God. Where do I start? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I Do you know what I was doing before this call? I was shouting out the window at this really annoying ginger cat that whinges all the time and is called Whinge. I don't know why I felt the need to tell everyone that, but there you go. Um, other crazy Just pointing moments. out the crazy moments in your life. I think when you start yelling at cats out your window, it's time to go, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. I clearly have the time and day to do what I want when I want. Yes. I'm, I'm lonely. I need to shout at a cat. Oh my God. I love having you here. So, and I, while we're on this crazy cat moment, Give us a story of when things weren't going the way you wanted it to as an entrepreneur, but it was, it ended up being humorous or funny and, and you're like, oh my God, had I known then I would have just laughed my way through it. So the first part of that question, I was like, oh my God, so many things. But then I was trying to think about ones where I would have actively laughed at the end. We really haven't got there yet. Are we still too close? <laughs> you know, it was only 2015. You know? <laughs> Sometimes it takes a little longer than others. Um. Wow. No, I mean, I see the humor in retrospect, but I don't think I could have lost <laughs> for any of that. Okay, I so mean, the humor in retrospect. Well, give give us one of them. Um, I think it's it's kind of like, you know looking back on when I had my first startup like all that the year that you know I was working full-time on it we were just bickering sending passive aggressive like like everything you shouldn't do as a leader um but when you have those kind of personal ties and personal connections you can tend to go over into that more easily um so yeah it was just a year of this and then when I look back on it I'm like god it was so stupid we're still like we're best friends um now but like sometimes when she sends a message and I'm like mm, is this gonna get passive aggressive <laughs> is it gonna get that way or is it already there <laughs> yeah usually it's already there and then I'm like let's stop texting and have a conversation, conversation. <laughs> right yeah. But that, that is something that I look back on. I'm like, oh God, I'm stupid. It's like arguing with your sister or something. <laughs> that was awesome. I love it because I think it brings in the humanity to business. And one of the weirdities is the whole COVID shutdown thing, I think brought a lot of empathy to people going, you know what? We're all going through the same crap. 
We all got kids screaming in the back or <laughs> adult children screaming in the back going, when are we going to buy dog food and, or the dog walks through or whatever. And it's like, it's just life. Everything is just life and it's, it's all good. It's okay. And for the most part, we just can't see our own follies. And with the help of a coach, uh, particularly like you, we can see that for what it is. And, and the turnaround can be instant instead of taking three to six months on our own. Mm, I think people can struggle for years on their own. Um, Absolutely. And I think actually your question was really interesting because I think we all take life really seriously, right? We're like, this is business. It's serious. <laughs> right? um, and yeah, in, in a lot of ways it is, but imagine if you were serious a hundred percent of the time, you know, what if business could be a game like a joy and actually, if we lightened up and stopped taking ourselves and everything so seriously, maybe we'd enjoy it a bit more and actually probably get better results because of that. I think so. I mean, I love it. It's like Wayne Gretzky said, I get paid to play a game. <laughs> Seriously, you got to back this up a little bit. I mean, yeah, you got paid millions, but you got paid millions to play a game. And I think in business, we choose to play this particular game. And if we look at it like it is just a game and it's, you know, we're just playing hungry hippos <laughs> who can beat the dog playing hungry hippos, then, you know, it just becomes a lot more fun. Yeah. And um, why can't we have fun along the way? Awesome. Sarah, you have been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it immensely. I know how valuable it is. Any last words for our peeps? Um, last words are... Um, hmm, I'm trying I'm going to end on a positive note which is if you're feeling uncomfortable and you're um, and if you've ever felt like a failure at any point you should be proud of yourself because you've taken risks and the people that take measured and calculated risks reap the rewards eventually so the only way that you can ever really fail anything is if you fall down and never get back up. Absolutely. So get back up, peeps. Contact Sarah. She will help you out immensely and you will love that. Promises, promise. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Michelle. Awesome. Thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, peeps. it has. Awesome. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with a friend that's growing in business because we love helping you out. Be sure to connect with me on Michelle at awarenessstrategies.com, Facebook or LinkedIn. We love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.